Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with a sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering room. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans. So belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports talk and a whole lot more. Friday night special event tonight. We got Dave, as usual, down here in the tavern. And then we also got Tom, big, nasty O'Connor, getting ready for his big fight happening at River Creek Casino two weeks tonight. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to have a nice little chat about your humble beginnings from the big town of Fort McLeod. We'll talk yeah. some uh, your, your fight coming up uh, at River Creek and Enoch or Edmonton, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, we'll talk a little bit of, of uh, football. You're a Steelers fan. And we got to, some hard-hitting questions to, to wrap her all up. Tom, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, the f- yeah. When uh, the, the last time I seen you, we were, it was the uh, hockey tournament in Fort McLeod, the uh, tournament of the ages. I grabbed onto the back of your pants so it's like, well, uh, so I could back check because you were going down the ice. I, on <laughs> I held on to you and you tucked me down the ice. I thank you very much for that. that you was, were uh, teammates? Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no. no. Enemies, we're opposite no, teams. Enemies. Opposite <laughs> teams. I grabbed onto him because I knew he was in good shape. And I, I thought, Jesus, this, uh, this guy, I got to hitch on to. It was, a free, it was a free lift. And don't worry, we weren't going very fast because I'm not a very fast skater. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it worked out quite well for me. I got a free lift. Didn't cost me a penny. Uh, Tom, you, you got into this, I'm, I'm assuming, at a young age. Uh, the, you're 30 years old now. What got you into the MMA world? What got you into the the the, the fist of cuffs and into things in the sports world? Yeah, kind of just create. It really is starts from the, just the love of sports. I think is like the beginning of it all. Because in McLeod, I never, I was never a fighter. You know, I was a friendly guy. I never would get into scraps really at all be friends with everyone kind of thing. And uh, just from playing sports and competing in hockey and rugby, that's where it all started is just, you know, playing rough sports and just running around like a maniac in the streets of Fort McLeod. I just put that kind of shell on you. And then when I was in university and not doing well, might I add (laughs) (laughs) in university? Yeah, it happens. uh, Yeah. So I was playing like beer league rugby, which is a great time and a lot of fun. And then after that, I just wanted something to compete in more. And so I started at Progressive Fighting Academy, where which is where I train now. And uh, just out of yeah, out of university, I just wanted something else. So I started started doing kickboxing, and that's where it started. And uh, my coach, th- you know, three months in of kick or three weeks in of kickboxing, he's like, "I got you, I got you a fight in three weeks." So yeah, about about a month and a half, two months in, there was a fight scheduled, and I was like, "You know what? 
if I'm doing it, I wanted to compete. I want, like, I was missing that. I was enjoying the partying of rugby, but I was missing that just, you know, the competition aspect. And so I said, screw it, signed up. Geo Wilson home, all the Wilson homes came down to Great yeah. Falls, Montana for fight number one, you know, and all the family, the McNabs, the whole crew, pretty much, you know, everyone we could get from Fort McLeod to fill Great Falls got down to Great Falls. And then that was the first fight ever. And from that point, I was kind of hooked, you know, it was, it was the start, the beginning of the end there is once I, once I got in the cage and felt the door lock that it, it's, it's one of the coolest things competition wise is fighting. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no hiding in the cage. It's only truth is, did you put the work in or not? You know what I mean? And some team sports, you see that, but you see the team pulls that out. The work has been put in, but certain players and stuff you can get away with. You can, you can rely on people. The cages, you better, you better have done your due diligence in training. That's, that's a great answer, Tom. And, and, and you led into some questions I actually had. Um, your sports as a kid was the normal, the hockey, the, and, and, and the rugby, like you said. So once you got exposed to, you weren't, you answered that one question I had, you weren't likes to fight guy. No, but, yeah. but, but once you got into the, the martial arts, I think I was, I I've said it to Brent before throughout time, throughout history, the ancient Olympics, who's fastest, who's strongest, who's toughest. I think wrestling and fighting is, is the oldest sport. It, who's toughest? It is. It, it's before time. You know what I mean? It's like who's pancreas. Tougher? Pancreas. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it, that's the coolest thing about fighting, I, you know, and you see, you, you see, um, kind of microcosms or you see examples of this through all sports for sure. But you got only, you got your attributes to rely on. So you're fighting. You might, the person might be faster than you. Well, you can't rely on speed. So maybe you rely on strength. Oh shit. The person is stronger than you. You can't rely on speed or strength. So you got to re rely on tactics and being in the right place at the right time and being ahead of the game. And you see that, you know, in, in all sports is who's the playmaker, who's the sniper, which person is using their attributes to the best ability. And in fighting, it's like, it's even, it's like it's zoomed in on, right? Is you watch someone, you like, that's one of the most exciting things is a big boxing fight or a big MMA fight that's coming up. Everybody's talking about it is, you know, you got one side, you pick in this example, you pick Diaz, well, you pick Hans at Chimaev. And you know, you guys can you talk endlessly on who's better than this, and, but you don't know until the fight happens. You, you can't possibly know. And you make that one mistake, even though you are the better fighter on every single thing, you make that one mistake and all of a sudden you're tapping out or you're asleep. It's over just like that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Uh, that Gracie saying of, or yeah, the Gracie said, if you're a black belt, you get punched once you're a brown belt, you get punched again, you're a purple belt. You get punched. <laughs> again, you know what I mean? Like every time. And that's the thing is, you know, the kickboxer, who's going to win the jujitsu guy, the, what style is going to win that night. And it's just, yeah, it's so exciting. So that I that first fight that like any of any people that I wasn't much of a fighter growing up, like I said, but I love just the competitive aspect of sports and rough housing. Like you said, is it goes, it's the furthest thing that goes back. Watch dogs as puppy animal, all animals. We all ref rough house to learn how to move and play. And that's the first sport you ever really play. You know, I got a 12 year old son and he has buddies when you got a trampoline on the back 
Guess what I see on that fucking trampoline? <laughs> yeah, it's just a wrestling mat. It's, it's a wrestling mat. Yeah. It's a wrestling mat. You bet. <laughs> yeah, like growing Fort McLeod, as I did, Tom. Uh, the only fights that happened were Saturday nights at the Queen's Hotel or or, or at school in front of the bike <laughs> yeah. crash kind of deal. So it was kind of a different thing, and it, the training wasn't a big thing. Uh, like that kind of stuff didn't happen a bunch when I was growing up. The only guy that was training a little bit. Well, a lot of it, and he's a bit of an animal uh, still to this day. Is Trev Hardy did uh, uh, Trev was the guy he he the, <laughs> he's got all he, he was a Golden Gloves boxer the whole bit uh, growing up, and then he got into the uh, the hard training and everything else. What he he does and been all, all across the world. Uh, do you train with Trev at all? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that if you go back in my origin story, as it were, you know, Trevor Hardy, Brad Wall, they're really they're really the um. Like, as it would be, they're the mentors and uh, senseis in my life, right? So, yeah, it, it that's where it really took off as I started at PFA, like I said, out of kickboxing and um, just for fun, just for fitness and staying in shape. And then Brad started training me in Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling. And I just, you know, entering the space, that was me opening the door to that world. And so I started there. And then from there... Brad, of course, uh, connected to Trevor and Trevor with his lineage through all of Alberta and Canada as a martial artist and, a athlete, uh, you know, a trainer and just a knowledge of sports and, and physiology like that. Once I connected with him, that was really the rocket booster that took off is because uh, he you know, opened the gym doors to me and it taught me everything, wanted me to train with them lots. And being from Fort McLeod, you know, he, got, uh, he said, took me under his wing per se. And so everything that is my style built to this day is from those two guys. And now, you know, it, it, it's like a tree. It grows out and then it branches out. And so, But the roots of everything that I have in martial arts is from Trevor and Brad Wall, Trevor Hardy and Brad Wall. No, it's good to have a guy like that on your side. There was a time or two where Trev wasn't really on my side for some some, uh, some different indiscretions that may have happened a time or two. We had a few... Uh, I mean, he he always went actually the funny altercations. Story. There. there was an altercation one time. When, when I, this is a, a quick story. He uh, he asked me. He'll deny this to the, the day he dies. But we were uh, we when I used to play hockey. We, the old <laughs> this is the day back in the old third third wave workout when it was on main not just off Main Street in Fort McLeod there. And uh, yeah, I was yeah, there yeah, pretending yeah, to I work out. Place, yeah. I was pretending to work out, and he needed a sparring partner. He just needed someone to throw punches at him. I said, Trev, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. He goes, No, I won't punch you because if you would have punched me, would have killed me. So anyways, yeah, I, threw, yeah. I threw some punches and for somehow, some way I threw and I was a goaltender, so I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And I threw a, yeah. a I threw a left and I, I missed and then a right and I caught him right in the chin. And it must have been his instincts because he just why and he hit me so fucking hard I thought I was gonna die. Like my lights went out, it was over. Yeah. So so it was a funny little situation. <laughs> it was just the crap. response, eh? Yeah, just re an instant response. It's like, oh yeah. No, it's no big deal. Yeah, I thought I was gonna die. Boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah, it probably wasn't even yeah. much that he hit me with, but it was uh, it was uh, it was a situation. Your first time you it got was the sleep the sleep alarm and the wake up call, hey? Yeah, I thought I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing there was no one around because I was crying and everything else. And you so. feel like you've done the hardest yeah. back workout you've ever had. Yeah, yeah. It, it weren't good. Uh the first time you got in the ring, you said down in Great Falls, Montana, right before you got in, I, I don't want to 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 was there any sense of like, oh, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, there's about an overwhelming sense of that for the two weeks prior, right up to the time, you know, like, how, like what? And it's it's funny because, you know, I wasn't a fighter outside of, you know, sports yeah. and stuff. But in hockey, hockey and rugby are two of the sports outside of combat sports 
that fighting is part of the nature of it. So in that regard, I was like, I wasn't afraid of, I wasn't afraid of violence. I wasn't afraid of that intensity, that another intensity that comes of a fight. You know, I was never afraid of that by any means is that was just kind of part of those sports, you know, hockey fights are, are completely natural and rugby clawing people with your cleats. There's people knocking, people are walking off, you know, if you look at a, a high school rugby game now, a men or women's high school rugby game, you look at them and they come off and they look way worse than they've been through a fight. Yeah. You look at two fighters, you know what I mean? It's like, so from that regard is I wasn't scared of that, but just, I was like, what the hell have I got myself into? What am I doing? I'm going in the cage. They're locking the door. You know, what, what have, what am I doing? Man? You know? And then once I got in there and like you said, the feeling of the martial arts, the discipline aspect, and just that, that other level of risk reward that comes from fighting where you're in there, it's, you know, of course you want to win, but there's the risk side is so much higher too, is, you know, injuries can happen at all in all sports, but they're trying to take your head off. You know, the goal of the game, the game we're playing is I kill you, you kill me. And whoever comes out of that is the victor. And so that means someone's got to lose. And so that side of things was like, how am I going to lose? Am I going to get head kicked, knocked out? What's going to happen? You know, like, what is this going to look like on the other side and thinking, what are people thinking? You know? And then as soon as the cage door lock, it was just, like it was, it was almost. I'm old, here now. You know? I it was go awesome. Now. I'm here now. And the, uh, Great Falls is a special one because Fight Force would do it in this in the hotel there. The, oh, I can't remember if it's the Best Western. I feel like it was the Best Western. But I know. I, I, think I know the place. Yeah, sports bar around back. I know decker, the place. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a pool, and but it has it has double decker rooms, and so there's a patio on the inside of the rooms, and so you could walk straight out of your hotel room onto the patio, watch the fights, go back into your hotel room with your friends and drink, watch the fights. So it had this um, raised element to it that felt like a gladiator ring. You know what I mean? Like it felt like you're looking up at people above and you're like pointing at them and people are cheering and it's all the lights are on you. And um, that zoomed in effect of, that's one aspect I love. If you watch some of my fights, like I like playing up the crowd. I like acting like a monkey, you know, and and bringing up, yeah, I noticed your, I your entrance, how you get, you, you yeah. kind of crouch down a little bit low and you, you crawl in there. Yeah. yeah it's funny. It's, it's, it's quite like uh, playing a bit of the role, you know, yeah. playing that character. Um, and it, you know, that's the fun performer side of it for me. And although it is still a very serious thing, you don't want to waste too much energy on doing that, but I do it because I love it. So I'm going to have the performance side of it, you know, and I coming from hockey and rugby, like who doesn't love a good Sally, as long as it doesn't come from a very uh, ego, you know, uh, ego driven side where it's, you know, too caught. I don't, I don't like to be cocky in that regard. I like to, you know, be confident, but not cocky. So I like to play up that role of, you know, being the monkey and, and, yeah. and having fun, but don't let it take away from the fact that there's two respectable martial artists in there to do a job and we can't do our job without one another kind of thing. hundred percent. When you go, when you're like, so say that first fight, what did you know about it? Weren't you worried about possibly being overmatched? Do you ever worry about that or you cannot worry about that? Well, the first one, you know, was everything out the window because I was going, you know, you have. Was it his first fight too? Sorry. I I think it was his second fight. I think Taylor, it might've been his first though, but he's a, he was a tough kid, like really. And he was long, came from, you know, the only sport that is rougher than hockey and rugby and football and fighting is rodeo. He's this rodeo athlete, you know, the guy does bull riding. So you're like, okay, so I can't hit this guy with anything to hurt him. You know what I mean? So I was, you can't punch him hard that. enough. You yeah. can't punch him hard, right? And like, and when it's my first fight, I haven't built up the skill set 
and the, you know, the confidence in my training that I've worked on today, where, you know, I put in the work so that I know that I have a certain skill set. Whereas then it was like, Hey, we're just literally getting in a fist fight. It's going to be who throws the better combo, <laughs> you know, like who bites down on the mouthpiece harder. It had that element to it. So it, it was still the game plan. And of course my coach, we work on our submissions before and our hands and do all the pad work and everything, but it didn't have nearly as much as it does now where we're, um, we're scientists in a lab now, you know what I mean? As then it was, Hey dude, back alley, go do, do your best. Get in there. kid. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, go in there and have fun. And you're just, okay. So it, um, it was kind of just thrown into deep water, which I loved about it. Cause that's what it felt like is it was just, you know, it was just go and do it was action. There was no time to think about what's next tomorrow. What's it was, you had to be 100% in the moment and forget everything outside of that because all your focus had to be on me versus him. You know, are you, are you won that first fight? And then, yeah. so did you, so my you, first five, did you, sleep a, did you sleep a wink that night? Your oh, very first fight, you win it, no or way. you were just bouncing off the walls. I, like, I, yeah, I, I want to fight again. I was just so excited, you know what I mean? Just uh, vibrating, right? And all, and especially in that case, because so many family and friends were down, and it was the first fight. So they, you could tell, I could tell you didn't know what they were thinking. They're like, Tom, what is he getting into? He's about to get killed. We're going to go gonna and watch him. Get this just out. cost us how much money to come down yeah, here. Yeah, we just the, drove out to Great Falls. The exchange rate is this, and all the fuck, what are we doing? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it comes no. to, like, you know me from Fort McLeod, yeah. too, is, you know, I, I, I like to be a friendly guy, so even more so they felt that way is, hey, Tom's partying and joking, and he, you know, he's not serious about this kind of, he's never serious about things. He's going to get his ass kicked. So it, and then you seen that after the fight, they were vibrating, you know, all of us were just vibrating in the hotel room, probably till 3am. I haven't seen my mom stay up that late. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's just buzzing with me, you know, your mom came to your first fight because I'll yeah. tell you this, that was my wife's question. I go like, we're talking to an MMA guy tonight <laughs> and I go, is there anything that you wanted that you want to know? What does this mom feel like? And then she goes like a wife, girlfriend, kids whatever like this is what dad does this is what my husband does but a mom never wants to watch her son get well it's kicked. funny actually i have a couple of funny stories about that because my mom now now going into it my mom is a bit better at watching it than my girlfriend or my dad my dad like my mom my mom will watch it and be okay watching it my sister and aunties they're the i hear them louder than my coaches when they're at my fights like they're they're just, my sister Jane's volume. I maybe it's from all the arguments when we were younger, but it pierces my ears. I should get Brad. You hear that instantly? It's yeah, done deal, yeah. Right? I need her to get the coaching. She should be in the corner. Um, and then my mom can watch it, but my dad does, he doesn't like watching it as much in the moment. I don't think. And then uh, yeah, Shannon, my girlfriend, she she won't watch it either. She likes to see me right before, right after, but not during. Kind of. So she's it. You so uh, Shannon then is is in the building. But not watching the fight. Not watching the fight. Yeah, she but was, your has mom a drink, is watching the has fight. a drink in the bathroom. But my mom is watching the fight. Yeah. Oh. But my my I think it was my second fight was in Cranbrook, and um, we went and it was the first one. So my mom my mom was coming up with a few of her friends and they drove up and they kind of got in late and so I, I was because I was really I was the first fight of the night or the second fight of the night or something so it was pretty early it was like eight like start at six or something and so they got in the doors and my fight was over my mom just missed it. And they heard, she heard about it and she's like, well, what happened? Is he okay? Or did he win? And she got a text that I won by rear naked choke. Cause I won by, you know, the rear naked choke submission. And she, I see on my phone after I'm looking at it and she's like, Tom, I didn't know that you did this naked. 
in all capital letters. And I was ah. like, no, 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 no. I'm glad you paid attention to this, honey. Submission. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I was cool. Yeah, how do you, I used to get Big paid. Big fan, hey? Yeah. Only 14, fans. 1420 uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> with Tom, Big Nasty O'Connor brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Tom, like Dave, Dave had a, a question from his wife and last night me and Deanne went over to Browns and said the same thing. We had Tom on, uh, having you on today. And she was, she had a question for you. Was okay. How do you punch somebody and have anger with somebody? Because usually you only punch somebody that you're mad at. She doesn't mean she punches me, but whatever. Day, but uh, he like, punches how, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you? <laughs> get how do you? Like, how but do you get mad. to? Yeah. Like, how do you get to a point? Like, what happens pre-fight where you build up enough adrenaline, emotion, whatever it's got to be, anger per se, whatever it's got to be, to say, "I'm going to go and knock that guy's head off." Well, um, and that's what you find is the higher level you go, it eliminates, I feel like it really eliminates the people that have that, that some, there's the, of course, the rare cases that fight well, emotionally charged, but for the most part is your disciplined athlete, especially now, man, everyone's these hybrid athletes, they're machines in MMA. They're starting everything at a young age. So it's, um, it comes from more the disciplined martial arts version where, the way I look at it is I'm never really angry at the opponents, even if they are getting frustrated or angry at me. I've had guys try to mean mug me and all these things is I, um, I like what George St. Pierre says about it. And that's kind of one of my heroes as I was watching MMA coming up is he, you know, he can't do his sport. He can't represent what he trains for and what he does without that other person. You need the opponent to be there to even be able to put what you have been working on in showcase and showcase that. And so we're both there. We both signed the contract and it's, you know, it's not, uh, that's one of the best things now is, you know, I'm not going to war. So our soldiers are, our police officers, our ambulance, all these people that are real first world responders are true. Like, you know, they're really putting their life on. I'm privileged to be able to, I, how lucky I am to be able to compete in a sport I love and train all the time and be able to get to do what I love and, and work on skills, these things I love to do and use that platform to inspire. So I feel I'm lucky to get to do that. And I feel the other fighters are, are in a similar position where, Hey, we uh, get this opportunity to show our skills and perform and, and show this sport for the world and make it exciting. Um, so we both sign up to do it. So I'm not there in anger to take their head off. I look at it as if I hold anything back, it's disrespect to the work that they put in. And that's like my opponent, Tim Smith, you know, he's a Alberta legend in MMA combat sports. He's done it for a long time. He has a lot of fights. He's gone through a hardship in his life. So he's a really good inspiration to people. He's a solid guy now, like a solid guy. I don't know him that well, but I've crossed paths with him a couple of times. Always really genuine guy. But um, I expect him to bring the very best version of him that on the 23rd. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to be slack in any way. I want him to be the very best version the most elite killer version that Tim Smith has ever been. That's who I want to show up on the 23rd. And I, I think he expects me to be the same. And so from that perspective is we show up, who's the better man that night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. 
Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. You want to compete on the highest level. And like yeah. you say, see who like it, because it, it is disrespectful. It's not personal. It's it's business. Like this it, is how this is how we keep scoring our sport. Hundred like percent. It, yeah, it's it's not how many field goals. It's not sacks. It's not anything. This is it's it's a brutal sport, but this is how we keep score. One it's, guy one guy walks out, and sometimes it's a decision I, on that thing. Like as I bring that up, are you? disappointed when it's a decision even though you lost a fight like i i noticed you did lose one fight on a decision yep like in your mind did you i like obviously i didn't see it did you lose that fight in your mind like because it was you um, like or well, do you want it me, to be yeah everyone has a different philosophy for it and like i think at the highest level is it starts to be unrealistic to think hey i can finish everybody you know you're gonna fight khabib be like i finish him sometimes people will game plan for a decision but um, again, this is just my philosophy and I can't speak to there's, you know, great coaches there, but I talk about my coach with this regularly is my game plan is always to finish the fight. If I win via decision, of course, in my career path, in my business path, that's a very good thing to get the victory. But to me, it's a loss. I want to go in there in 50 minutes. I, my skill set should be able to finish the other person. And that's why I train martial arts is I'm not training martial arts to touch and win on points is I'm training in what works in the very best scenario. How do I use the most timing, accuracy, power, weight transfer balance, you know, in my march in everything I'm doing. And so how can I cut through my opponent so that I'm always looking for a finish. And if I'm, if I win via decision, I consider it still a loss almost. So when I lost via decision in that regard is like, it goes to the judges and you know, DeMonte is a very tough opponent and I learned a ton from that fight, but I considered it a loss. I didn't finish him. I, the time went, he won great, but I don't, it doesn't matter. I, there's a lot of things I can go back and do better to finish the fight. And so it was a, so looking back on it, that was a learning experience for you, even though like, you know, Ah, you know, I lost, but I didn't get tapped out. Like, so it, it's, so even though it, it goes down as a loss, it's, it's, it's still, it's, 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 it's uh, kind of a tie. It's we like say, the we shootout loss. It's called win or learn. It's not win or lose. It's win or learn. And if you have that mentality, this is the fighting business. So, you know, like you said, you can be better than someone in every single category and they can clip you on the chin that night and you go to sleep. Right. And so because of that, it, it's just a vicious game. And so you can't expect to win every fight you're ever in. There's always a tougher guy. There's always someone better. So you make sure that you bring the best version of yourself. That's the whole name of the game in athletics anyways, is how do I get faster? How do I get stronger? How do I use my attributes better? How do I use my tactics better? Right. And that's how sports is and should be, I think. Well, that's the one thing that I've always found fascinating about combat sports, whether it be boxing, MMA, whatever, whatever it may be, is that, eventually there's always somebody 
tougher. Like it's eventually all, all comes down to that. you get you get slower, you don't punch as hard, your your chin becomes a little more a little more glassy. You like get it, nicer. It Sometimes you just get so you nicer. Get nicer. You're George in a Foreman again, in your became, life, you, know? you go back to boxing. George Foreman became a nicer guy and he actually became more successful, became nicer. But anyways, yeah. but you just yeah. eventually you, you just it does wear out and you only have X amount of years in, in your yeah. body to do it. Like it's it's like any sport. At what point did you think? Tom, like after your first fight, you talked about Great Falls and everything else, a couple more, and then you went pro. At what point did, did you say, because now you're tending to as, as professional, at what point did you go, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to put all the effort I can into this, and how much work is it on a daily to weekly basis for you to keep going? Yeah, it's, um. well, the first thing is, I'm really, we go back to Trevor Hardy and the lineage of Trevor and Brad, and so we have regular conversations about this, where I think, you know, I'm so grateful for Trevor where he's been through this similar career path. And so he's lived this experience to some degree. And so he talks about that, calling it seasons of life is like right now, you like in any sport, you can't do it forever. In any endeavor, you can't do it forever. There's a, a specific time frame. So seasons of life, while I can do this, while my body can handle it, while I still love it, I'm going to put everything I have into it. And until I can't do that or until I don't love it anymore, and it's not giving me, you know, that feedback where, hey, this is worth it to do it because I think that's an important thing in combat sports and in sports in general is having an exit. You mentioned George Foreman, like what an awesome career to have a good career in a sport and then exit in a healthy manner where you can still have business opportunities and still give back to the sport. You can still coach boxing as ex-hockey players. Christopher Stieg is awesome right now where he's working on an app called Clever, right? And it's this awesome coaching app for kids where they can work. But it's like, when you exit the sport in a good way, that's a very honorable thing to say, hey, these guys can still do it, but now it's the changing of the guard, you know? Yeah. And so seasons of life. So right now, as long as I love it, and because it is so much work, it's an absolute grind every day. But because I love it, I'm willing to do that. And I'm willing to sacrifice certain things for that. When that cost exchange switches, then I'm going to try and be really, you know, it, obviously when you get to that point, that's a very difficult thing to cross. And you see people have a hard time retiring all the time, but, um, you know, Tom Brady, there's, there's your football example right there. He, he yeah, just he, won't go away that fucking Apparently, we'll stop for a second. Apparently Giselle, she took off. Eh? Like she's, she said, I'm out. She, she took off today. Deanne was oh. reading something. She yeah, said, I'm happened? out. She went to Costa Rica today. I'm out. Tom, you can fuck off. Whatever. I'm on holiday until you're done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or she just went to Costa Rica. Who knows? I don't yeah, know. Let's not talk about speculation. I, like, we don't, we don't report on TMZ here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what I want to know, Tom, like, so, like, for all your training for your fights, when you, you, what you have to do is bang the weights and you have to do your cardio. So is it like one third cardio, one third weight work, and then one third ring work? Like, you know, where do you, like, because you, you got to put in those hours. And you only have so much body and so much uh, time to do it. Like right. what's the, what's, what's the regimen? So you the, just hit, you hit the bike. So I'm, I'm so lucky uh, again with Trevor being through this experience, working with professional athletes and other sports is, you know, the, the best thing is success is time used effectively. And we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So using the time as appropriately as possible is important. So it um changes you know, it's constantly improving. I'm constantly taking notes on this didn't work, scratch that, fix this. It's like I said, we're like a scientist in a lab right now where what is the way that we can get the very best version of me? You know what I mean? And so that goes to, okay, this, you know, doing pad work this amount of times is 
per week is taking away from this or, or adding to that. Um, so there's that aspect that's constantly changing and constantly trying to level up the process, but then also is it's not like other sports where you're in season and off season, right? You may, you're trying to have as much competition throughout the year as you can, but injuries have gotten in the way in the past for me and for other athletes, COVID, these things is you're trying to fight throughout the whole year. So there's no in season, off season. It's kind of, you know, pre fight, post fight and fight camp, those type of three phases. And so the closer I get to fight camp, the less weights that happen, conditioning shifts to more fight camp orientated skills. So I start doing more of five minute rounds with a one minute break. And I might alternate the sprint tempo in those rounds. It could be a minute, a hard, it, it could be an interval of, I'm just doing the bike sprints. So I'm just doing bike sprints, five minutes on minute rest. And the bike sprints are in that five minutes. The rest period is full recovery. So it's exactly like the fight. And then, um, all of my drilling and training goes way up. So it becomes more like 80%. Yeah. It's, it's more like 80% martial arts training, skill training, the, whether it's martial arts drilling and 10% conditioning and 10% strength for maintaining and feeling strong in fight camp. But post fight goes into a complete switch where we dial down the the fight the fighting the intense fighting i don't need to be sparring hard anymore hard wrestling for the next kind of 4 weeks after the fight i dial all that back and then i'll lift a lot more so a lot more structural balance you know left side I try and balance all my left and right any sport is it's so aggressive in a fight you know afterwards i'm it's one of my favorite things to say about a fight cuz right after the fight you you know you feel untouchable right it's like you're like oh nothing can bring me down People will be like, oh, did that kick in your leg hurt? No, my leg's fine. I'm made of, you know, I'm made of concrete. Nothing can hurt me. And then you get to the one o'clock AM. Once the adrenaline I, starts wearing down, the oh, and you're like, crisis hurts, that hurts. I didn't, well, I didn't every, know I got yeah, hit there. And I didn't get, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you start, you, you get flat. You didn't even know that that happened in the fight. And then you get a flashback of it because you feel the joint or the whatever, the bruise or whatever. So in that regard is, is dialing all the intensity back down, get more stabilized and balanced. And then I bring the conditioning and then there's that middle phase pre-fight before fight camp where I'm trying to just do, uh, it's like an off season for an athlete. I'm trying to get as strong and as fast as possible and improve my skills as much as possible. After the fight, don't you say, I want to be in the locker room. I want a Big Mac in each hand. And a tub of hog and When's the last time so you, you had a Big Mac? Your, your research, you've almost done all your research. You got the burger right. But no fast food. I like to go to an, a restaurant and get whatever the best burger is on. Sometimes two for the burger post fight. Like bacon, sure. cheese, and oh car- yeah, yeah I, want, I want avocado. If they have want- an egg, I want the egg on there. Hundred percent. Load up the burger. Onions. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you're eating a lot of boiled chicken and 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 brown rice right now. Is that yes, kind of uh, how that works? It, it, I'm same thing. I'm messing with the science of the weight cut, and it's a constant process where I'm learning to get better and better and better. But um, right now, yeah, it's the the morning routine right now is a small handful, a third of a cup of blueberries and nuts, and then a green shake like a. Uh, uh, supplement greens with so I'm supplement a light here, like just whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're crushing your head. Like, hey, you earn your keep. You don't. You don't have a fight coming up. You there you go. Enjoy it. No, I, got, I got one upstairs well, coming on. Bro, 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 bro. Say, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of upset that you don't both have juicy burgers to put in front of me right now. I can live vicariously through you. Yeah, we'll have you on after after yeah. you win next. Yeah, week, yeah a couple perfect. Weeks. Couple weeks. We'll do a burger show off in. Uh, <laughs> 
in your in your ten and two pro career, Tom, has anybody have you been tagged across the chin once? And you going, oh fuck, I got to get out of here. Like, have you been hit? You go, what the fuck? Yeah, am a couple I doing? times I've been stung where it's uh, different. It's a world changer where you're really wondering where am I? You know, or it puts the shutter on, shutter off type thing where it's like, holy crap, okay, that's a strike. And it's happened a couple times. My very first pro fight actually was a real talk about win or learn. It was a learn, uh, like one of the biggest learning experiences of my life for sure is I went to the fight all confident, you know, first pro fight. I was five and always an amateur. I'm like, <laughs> I have to what's the difference? Elbows, you know, elbows, <laughs> knees, oh, big deal, you know, like there's no worries there. And um, I walked right into a hard straight right, right on the nose. And I just like, I like rushed into it. Ryan Rehover straight down the pipe, just on the button. And like, I just get that, that shutter happened. Boom, white flash shutter. And then I panic shot a takedown, right? Like out of nowhere, he wrapped up the guillotine and moves to sleep, wake up, tap. So it was all, it was a quick night for me in the wrong, in the losing fashion. But um, I learned from that. And, you know, for the next two years, there was a ton of guillotine defenses. And now though, there's only a few people that guillotine, guillotine me now and finish that. So again, it's that learning experience is, Hey, take what you did, what you did wrong there and make sure you didn't lose. Make sure you learn from it. So it doesn't happen again. No. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Especially if it's from someone like Mike Tyson. <laughs> right, Ryan, holy right and no, bam, it's right all done. That hurt a lot. Yeah. And then you yeah. mentioned that um that the a cool moment too. Another learn was that loss where I lost the decision. But it was against um yeah Devante or yeah Deontay, and he was just so long at that um his left, and he was a southpaw. It was the first time I fought a real mm. natural southpaw. And uh, Trevor says a really uh, good thing about it too is, you know, even Southpaws have trouble with Southpaws because 98% of the world is Orthodox. So 98% of the people that you truly train with and get that energy from are right-handed, right? So they hit with that right hand. And so a real lefty is a different energy. It's a different range. And they have the advantage because they've trained with all these righties. So they know where you are. They have the range figured out a lot better. And that was one that the whole first round every single one of his left hands felt like I was being stabbed with a spear. Like I just could, I was, I was stuck on the outside range and you know, it's not, it's pretty common for me as in pretty much every fight I've had, I'm the shorter fighter. So getting in range is a big part of my game. And most of the time I can power in, throw a big over and throw a big hook, something explosive and enter and start wrestling, come back up for, you know, big shots. So that's a big part of what I do. But this guy, I just was stuck on the outside in no man's land. And every time I take a step in, that left would come straight down the pipe. And it was like I was being stabbed in the face of the spear. I couldn't figure it out. And then the second round went a little bit better after I got the timing down. But that was crazy. That was a weird thing to feel. I got because, one more. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Oh, no. no. Like, it was just the fact that he was a southpaw. Like, all oh, you're training and no, you know, like in your brain between the ears, you know, he's coming at you with the left. And but we train for but your we get other people. Other people would stand in southpaw and throw it. But the energy that he's built, it's it's a real thing. Natural. It's a big, there's a big gap from what some of our fighters were doing in replicating Southpaw versus a legitimate Southpaw who's trained Southpaw his whole life. He had a real good boxing style that played in with his wrestling too. So he defended my takedowns well because he wrestled through high school. Uh, you know, I had a history in wrestling. Yeah, that uh, brings me right into, into what I was going to ask you. Like, Demonte like Robinson. Yeah. Like, now awesome. you, got, you got your next fight coming up. Do you have a guy... 
in your club that you're training with now that that is uh because video is everything and covid you weren't allowed to to uh be around people and do do this kind of stuff yeah. and so for a long time you 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 uh rely on video a lot more for your, your your training styles um do you have a guy right now who you're training with who has the same style as as your next opponent yeah um well similar style in the sense uh tim is my opponent he has very uh linear style and linear style and he's um super sharp at it it's one of these things where uh, it's I'm trying to you know word it in a way that complements it because it's a very strong thing to have where it's not a lot of extra foot we call it cutting the fat you know what I mean is he doesn't do anything wasted everything is straight you know strong down the pipe his hooks are very strong he ends with a hard kick so it's there's a it's very tricky to get around him because he's in a straight line and very aggressive very powerful and so it's um a few guys here replicated well. You know, Brad Brad the Brick Wall, my coach, he uh, has trained a lot of Muay Thai, has a very good Muay Thai base. And so we've worked on a lot of stuff in our pads that replicate, okay, where's my entry points? When he shows this type of energy or this type of strike, how do I counter it? How, how do I defend it well and make sure I'm in a better position? And then we have a couple of kickboxers. Cody Jerome is a vicious kickboxer. He's on a real top tier level right now, like, just a class kind of kickboxing energy. So I train with him a lot for rounds and same thing. He, he has a really dynamic style, but, um, a lot of long, strong push kick down the center, hard roundhouses that come around booming around at the end of the combos. So he's been replicating that a bit, but, um, I go all of that. I, I, we replicate those things and train for him and prepare for him. But at the end of the day, I like training what I do best. And, you know, I, I, how do I deal with straight punches? What do I do to deal with it? It's not this guy does something better uh, than the other people I've dealt with, right? And, and then, like, so as to that now, Tom, like, so you you know how he fights and you've seen him and, and you have your preparation. So when you go into a fight, you obviously have a fight plan. Um, I don't want to get hurt with this. In the first round, is it all about, you know, maybe eating a couple, like, um, nothing too dangerous or too damaging but like it's 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 more figuring out his timing and like so and 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 you're watching him and and taking those kicks and taking those jabs and and knowing what he's like to time your counters yeah it definitely it takes it takes time to to start to figure their timing out and get them to follow your timing so that you could change the rhythm you know but um the the start is always that you know, I don't think there's any point where, you know, in my game style is I'm never looking to take any shots to feel what they're doing. You know, if I, I'm trying to defend and make the right reads on the shots immediately, but the nature of the nature of the game, nature of the beast is they will, they could take land some. So when they do make sure I download that information, what did they do? How did they land that? What, what happened in that moment so that I can make a read on it better the next time, but I'm not ever trying to take damage. I'm, you know, I'm trying to inflict it from the starting bell. Oh, I'm trying a, to land. Well, that's, a wise, that's a wise choice. In well, my that, and that was I, my I, I've only, funny, or, I've only been in two fights in my life. And I, 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 I took damage like once and no, and no damage. And I took yeah. damage the first fight I ever had. I decided not to take damage the second fight I ever had. It, it turned out much better for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it worked out a lot better. The fight it was a lot better. Lot don't get punched. Yeah, don't get punched. Avoid getting hit and hit them, right? That's right. And so that's what I try to do. But I think it maybe goes back to my rugby days or maybe as a goaltender. I was a goaltender goalie too right so you know taking the puck taking a couple of the shots down near goalie you do want to feel shots in warm-up because you 
you get the warm up. When Brad walks me out to the cage, we do what called the slap down, and he beats me with the slaps. He slaps the front of my body, back of my body, just kind of to wake you up and you know feel that because sometimes that first shot is like you know holy shit, like you just hit a hard shot. I'm here now. Wake up! You're in a fight. You don't got time to sleep. You know. So in that sense, you, you do. You kind. I I tend to. I, I don't want this. This isn't part of the game plan and I'm working on fixing this is I don't tend to, I don't want to start slow and get the rhythm. I want to have his rhythm right away, but I tend to take a couple shots first and then, you know, get into the rhythm, keep the pace. And I, I try and say my style is like a tsunami. So it's just a wave after wave after wave of barrages and, and eventually they break before I do. And that's the game plan I go into with every fight. And I plan to do my entire career I just want to perfect it so I don't take damage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, like, so would you say <laughs> you're, you're, you're I, don't, I don't no. do that yet. I don't, I don't, do that I don't yet. even <laughs> think that needs an explanation. Yeah, no, it, don't it, get punched. It's, it's okay. Like, if you looked at my fight, you wouldn't say, hey, Tom's yeah. trying to avoid getting punched. You'd be like, hey, Tom's trying to wreck that guy's fists with his forehead. <laughs> yeah, I, <know>. and, uh, <laughs> well, I watched a couple I think I'm Roy like, Jones Jesus. in there. I'm like slipping and bobbing and weaving, you know, and getting hit at the same time. So, would you say your style is more spaz or turbo? I like the word turbo. Much <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've, turbo. Had a, we've had a thing back in the past. Like spaz, just, spaz or turbo. Spaz or turbo. What did he go spaz yeah, or like turbo? turbo yeah. So go turbo. Yeah, John, going back to the football reference, I want to look like uh, Jonathan Taylor turbo, you know? There you, you go. Bet. Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll get we'll we'll get to your fight here in a second. The fourteen twenty sports podcast brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. Use promo code one four two zero scaped at manscaped.com today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. 1420 Sports Podcast. Four beer sports talking a whole lot more. Brought to you by BetUS and BetUS.com. Place your bets today at uh, America's favorite sports book. Tom, you got a great big match coming up. We're joined by, by the way, we're joined by Tom Big Nasty O'Connor from Fort McLeod, Alberta. Lives in Lethbridge yeah. now. Uh, unified MMA 46 River Creek, River Creek Casino and Resort in Enoch. Sold out event, but you can see it on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, you got a big fight coming up. You're ranked number four right now in your, in your weight class. You're, you're a 10 and two professional record. You're fighting Tim Shady Smith, a 16 and 12 uh, record over his career, uh, experienced fighter gone through, through the wars, gone through the battles. What do you know about your opponent? What do you expect? And, uh, obviously you hope not to get punched, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> what what do you what are you thinking ahead of your fight two weeks probably from right now what what what's uh what's your thoughts and prognostications yeah i'm just excited to get in there and, and do what i do again and you know perform for tim he's it's like alberta is this kind of small like uh little hidden gem of mma there's a lot of it goes way back and like you mentioned trevor hardy golden gloves like there's a ton of really elite mma fighters here and tim smith 
knows all of them. So I talked to these guys. I, I train with some guys out of Canadian Martial Arts Center. They know him well. I train with some guys out of Calgary. They know him well. Like every, everyone knows him. And when I've met him, he's been a good guy. But uh, stylistically, it's just a wicked fun matchup. He's aggressive, which is like rule number one to fighting is be the aggressor. You know what I mean? And so he's not going to back up at all. And uh, I don't back up really at all either. So I, I'm excited just to see he, his style. I'm trying to constantly elevate what I'm doing. And so I want to really, you know, show another level and show that I've been leveling up and putting the work in and improving. And so I'm looking to finish him early and finish him as fast as I can and in devastating fashion, but it's going to be a war and it's going to be a wicked fight. So I, I'm just excited to be like, you, like we talked about earlier, get in there, start to get it, try and get his timing down early and just, yeah, put on a show and put him out. Smith's from Edmonton there. How much mm -hmm. do you think that the, uh, um, I mean, obviously, I've, I've never done this, but how much does the uh, like a hometown crowd give him a bit of an advantage? Uh, like you said, we were talking off air. Most of the guys fighting uh, at the the River Creek Resort are uh, local guys, local Edmonton guys. Mm -hmm. How much of a is it going to help or hinder you? Like, will you feed off the energy that the crowd might be giving him? Because they might have a few more people in the stands watching him uh, compared to the the Fort McLeod contingent that might follow you up there. Yeah, yeah, there'll be some fans of mine up there coming to support. As always, like my my fan, my support system is insane. But um, I'll feed off the energy. Is like I want it to be. I want the building to be booming in there. I want it sold out. I want the the roof to blow off the place, kind of thing. And if they're supporting Tim, that's a good thing. I want them to come out and support him too. Like I said, I want him to be the best version of himself. I want him to get lots of support and uh, lots of fans. And hopefully, I can win some fans too. That's what great fights do. Whether you're a fan of one person or not. When a good fight happens, it's hard not to respect both fighters and both warriors. You know what I mean? When there's a good fight and uh, both guys go in and, and present the best versions of themselves and it's just a war or a quick finish, whatever way it happens is you gain fans because it's just that's the nature of the sport is you got to have respect for people that go in there and do it. And so I, uh, I hold a very high respect for Tim for stepping in there. And yeah, I, I'm hoping to win some, win some of his fans over uh, on the 23rd. I feed off that energy. I've been, I have I've been um, hometown only. Uh, Calgary didn't count because again, John, my last fight, he was from Calgary, so I've only fought in Lethbridge once. I've only had one show, one uh, show where I was the hometown advantage, you know, as it were in sports. Yep. And uh, that show, it was, it, I get it because the hometown advantage was crazy. The roof was blown off the center here in Lethbridge. It was insane, like the loudest show I've ever heard, you know. And uh, but other than that, my whole career has been. I've been the the underdog or the away guy, the hated away guy. So I feed off that energy, you know. But then in, once you're there in New York, you know the crowd is is chanting Tim, 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 or whatever it's they're saying. That, yeah. It's not that far far from Tom, Tom. Tom yeah, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just exactly. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, it's a fortunate Tom, name. You bunch of dummies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys are cheering for Tom. <laughs> and the bonus is too. I won't hear. You'll only hear Jane. You'll hear Jane. Maybe Auntie Joe as well. They'll be, you know, in the background, the, the UFC fight pass live feed. They're going to be like going over to my, my family's table being like, will you guys be quiet? We can't hear anything. Cause they are that loud. It's crazy. Crazy. No, that's good. No, uh, like when you, when you go in there and you, like, what's your pregame? Like, like when you get, get, get to the, uh, the river Creek resort that night, 
what uh, like like say the the show? I think the show starts at six for preliminary fights, uh, and then they get to seven o'clock. I think I read today. Um, what's your your setup? Like what happens on on, on fight day? From like, let's let's go from two o'clock on. How do you prepare for the fight? How do you think? Okay, I'm on game day. Do you pile yourself up with water? Do you like how do you hydrate and everything else? Like what's how does how does Tom Big Nasty get ready for the fight on 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 fight day? Yeah, a lot of it is just preparing that warrior mindset. And as long as all of the cards or all the ducks are in the row with nutrition, you got to eat the right things, make sure you're feeling good. So, you know, there we have a timed sequence for that. Like I said, after the weigh-ins and stuff, everything's timed out. And then the next day is, you know, big breakfast. But as I get closer to the fight, I've already, I've usually already trained a little bit in the morning, skipping, moving, getting the blood rate or the heart rate up and, and getting the blood flowing, going through some of the positional stuff that we talk about for the fight, preparing for Tim. So doing those things, going through reps in your head and type thing. And then I chill out and rest the afternoon. And then, you know, same thing right before I leave to the venue, I like to hit a light pads sometimes with Brad, if we have time, depending on the commission and every, and how everything works out, what fight I am. I, um, sometimes I won't do that. So I'll be a little bit earlier in the night. So to this fight card, I might not do the afternoon pads as much, or I'll do light, light stuff. Sometimes we'll do some uh, weapons training and stuff just for fun. Same thing, just moving, forcing myself to move, feel good in my movements and uh, balanced, stable, strong, aggressive. And so that we start building that mentality. We talk about that in our little training sessions, you know, being the aggressor, being first, all these tactics that go with fighting is, uh, you know, getting, getting him to catch my rhythm. And then I change the rhythm. So we go over things like that. And then the, the afternoon is chill. I just kind of, you know, relax. I know it's about to be war. It's calm before the storm. And so I get myself to that calm state. I like to listen to music, podcasts, you know, sometimes I'll play some card games. I like, uh, I love card games. So play those, um, stretch, make sure the body's feeling good, but more or less just chill and relax. Just get stay to the venue. as loose as you yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah, keep the body feeling good and then keeping the mind in this, you know, dialed down low state where and there's nothing stressful, everything's relaxed. That's why I say comedy is such a good tool, man, is because people will take things and they get stressed out and it's like your emotions going high and low and that's affecting your energy systems, I feel. I've always felt best when, you know, like same thing, family, friends come around. I'm like, I want to hang out with them. I want to be around good, just good people that I, I enjoy and good energy. And so I'm just, I'm just hanging out, you know, I'm just having a good time. I get to, I, I see it as I get to do this sport. I'm privileged. I, I, what a great opportunity that I get to compete in MMA. You know, not everyone gets that opportunity and gets to do that and, and chase their dream like that. So I'm just so like, I'm in the moment. I'm just happy to be there. And then, like I said, as you get in the back corner, you're, you know, you're getting back there. Once I'm starting to get my hands wrapped, start preparing the switch turns where now I'm starting to bring my emotions up high to peak for that moment, whether it's six, seven o'clock, whatever time my fight time is, is I'm trying to peak my energy systems. So I'm on a heightened state of awareness. I'm starting to get right to that moment where it should be fight or flight as if there's a bear in front of me or a lot, whatever it is, it's me or my enemy. And, um, I get to that point where, Hey, it's kill or be killed. And uh, I still in that you know, martial arts is this respectful manner where, um, I, the, we train the discipline. So I still value and respect that my opponent is there and I'm glad that he's showed up to be the best version of himself, but it's, the game is kill or be killed. And so I'm there to cut through him. And so I just flip that switch. Once I start wrapping my hands, preparing, and that's how I kind of get ready for it. Chill. When, and then heightened state of emotion. When you say wrapping your hands, 
do you do it yourself or does Brad? And I'm assuming you tape your ankles too. Um, no, I don't touch my ankles really. No, no okay. Um, yeah. Some people then, do go for that support. Yeah. Do you, who's, what, who, what playlist? So the who commission, make, who the commission has play? to watch oh. over the hand wrap. The commission has to so watch. So you don't it, put so. foil in there. Yeah, they have to check that you're not messing with it. Even certain tapes, like they don't fucking let you Hansen use certain tapes. Yeah, right. Seriously. Well, I mean, yeah. you you'd be surprised back there. If people could, they would. They're like putting little. They're like, I'm just eating chicken. Chicken bones going under the wrap. Like what? You know, like people will do anything these days to get that little Even leg with up. The, yeah. yeah, not at the highest level because that all gets eliminated, right? As but but there is. But there's, there's so someone has to watch over you and they have, to, they have to spectate you. They sign yeah. off on your wrap and then you put your glove on and tape the glove and they sign off on your glove tape. And okay. so Brad does my hand wraps as long as he's there cornering. He does my hand wraps. And you, you make the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. I listen I do. Uh, what, yeah and, I listen. What, and, and what's on it. Uh, there, it's it's all hardcore hip hop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? It's rap. It's it's hard rap music. There's a couple of ACDC bangers in there, but uh, earlier in the day, I'm listening to like yeah, r- like chill, chill hip hop, uh, rock and roll. It's a pretty eclectic mix in, it, in the day. I got I got John Warhanum in there because I love his music. You know, from Fort McLeod, I I can uh, vibe to that all day. You got Core Blund, local around here as well. I like his. So I listen to a, a real eclectic through the day but then when it gets to game time it's uh pretty much wu-tang clan only and then what do you enter that what do you go to the ring with i go to the ring with uh it's called gun harmonizing by royce to five nine so royce to five nine he's a detroit rapper and uh he's under eminem that came up from eminem and uh i was a red wings fan and so i was like you know detroit connected to the city and then i when i loved hip-hop it just kind of clicked and then royce to five nine he has some really uh hard uh, slanging beats like he goes really hard on the mic, so it gets you pretty amped up. Uh, next, for- next Friday night, I'll have to tune into the UFC Fight Pass for sure and watch this. It'd be great. Uh, Tom, uh, big nasty, you got your big fight with uh, Tim Shady Smith. At any point, like when you found out who you were fighting, um, when did you find out? And then at any point between when you found out and and fight night, do you ever have any communication, any any contact with the guy with your opponent? Well, this is the funny thing is like, um, I, again, I crossed paths with Tim a couple times and it's always like, you know, even in my last one, he talked to me about the weight cut and missing weight and like, just a really good guy, you know, from my experience, I can always speak on that you know, a real a down to earth, chill guy. Um, looks like a badass, you know, yeah, he, picture, he looks mean and, and you know what? He fights mean too. Like he's been through it too. And well, he's been through the wars in MMA. <laughs> he's been in MMA a long time. Can't so he is, nice. he is mean and he's tough, you know, but, um, He's a good guy. And so talking to him and stuff, sometimes I've had crossover with certain opponents. You know, some you do, some you don't. But um, literally, I'm on Facebook, Instagram with him all the time. I see all his posts. He sees all mine. And uh, we're still going to go to war and, you know, go in there to kill each other on September 23rd and put on a show for the fans. And that's what it's all about is, you know, representing the very best echelon of martial arts and who comes out better that night. So it's it's exciting. It's a funny thing because... Our circles, uh, me and Tim specifically, this fight, our circles seem to overlap a lot more. Like our our inner circles overlap yeah. a lot more. I got friends that are like, uh, just just uh, straight across, like, hey, I can't pick sides on this one, you know. And I and I like that. Don't don't sit back, enjoy it. You like MMA? Well, sit back and enjoy the show, man. No, oh, that's fantastic, Dave. Go ahead. Oh no, it's just like that's that's really kind of 
that's cool. Like that, the, 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 your spheres of influence and your spheres of competition have overlapped so much that you have friends that are like, you know, I'm really curious to see who wins here. And, yeah. and, and, and they're, they're curious. It's just friends. Like, fuck, I'm kind of wanted to watch these guys fight. Let's see who wins. No. It's- yeah. It has a weird buzz. Eh? Like that's the, the situation you just say like, who's going to, who's going to win this? Who's going to pull out? That's the exciting well, thing about fighting. Tom, you're going to win. Yeah. Oh well, well, yeah, you know, no doubt in my mind. People so. from Fort McLeod rarely lose. Yeah, rarely. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we don't tell people, but it's in the water. It's very it's definitely in the water. Like Deanne, she goes, yeah. "I don't understand what's going on in that town. You guys are some kind of messed up by that Fort McLeod. It's a special place. It's a special, special place. There's no doubt about that. Anyways, Tom, yeah, no, uh, the best luck to you. Uh, Tom, uh, everyone tune in fight pass fight pass guarantee we'll we'll promote it we'll put it all on our socials and twitters and everything else uh tom we'll we'll get away from the fight thing you probably need need a break from between your ears talking about fighting all the time and thinking about fighting all the time (laughs) you you told me when we were communicating uh, to set up this this interview uh, we're doing tonight in the 1420 podcast um you're a steelers fan Oh yeah, diehard. Why Peter Lavarado. Thank why, you, Peter Lavarado. Is it from Pete Lavarado? I forgot he was a Steelers fan. Hundred percent. Me. He was my biology teacher. No, right? biology or I can't remember. I think I failed his yeah, class. Biology, yeah. did, but my biology teacher about a hundred years ago now. But uh, uh, you're a Steelers fan. <laughs> you're a fancy football guy. What do you think your Steelers are going to do this year? And uh, what's your fancy football team look like? And who do you got at quarterback? Well. For you know, I, I'm gonna get Pickett. I'm gonna pick up Pickett for sure because I have to, right? I, I put the, all the eggs in that basket. Yeah, gonna play. yeah, but I'll keep him in my dynasty league for later on, right? Because you know he's <laughs> gonna be great. If the Steelers drafted him, they don't mess around. No, <laughs> but uh <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you just I lie. think that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't have the lie part. I truly believe that deep down in my soul. Yeah. yeah. Uh whether it's right or wrong, I don't for, know. Whatever. I think we're gonna sneak the wild card. I think we'll sneak the wild card because it's again we talked about it off air a bit, but it's just the organization, it trickles down from the top. And I think Mike Tomlin is an awesome coach, and I think he's gonna find a way to put this team together and do that, you know. Well, Dave, you said that before on, on the show, and our friend, a fan of the van in, out in uh, out in Jersey, there, uh, he's he's a big. He says same thing with Tomlin. He's such a great coach. The organization, they can just throw players together, and it, it, it tends to work out there in Pittsburgh. And they're always competitive. They they don't rebuild. I think that's the biggest thing. They they regroup quite yeah. well. Like that, yeah, that, they, that's it's one thing strong with Pittsburgh forever. Yeah, like for as long yeah. as I can remember, they've been quite solid. Like I, yes, uh, Dave, I know you don't like Roethlisberger. Yes, I understand. That. I hate yeah. the Steelers. The Steelers can well, fuck it- right off forever. <laughs> like you know, forever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull punches here. Like fuck the Steelers, fuck their fan base. Like that, I, I don't. What I, what I, don't, I who are you a fan I, of, but, Dave? Who are you, Dave? Fan of? I don't find the Steelers uh, fans obnoxious. I really don't. Oh, I, find I actually don't. I find they're not as bad as Bills fans. I find Cowboys fans. I find Cowboys fans Cowboys obnoxious. And Bills fans. I find I find that uh, people who are quasi New England fans because they won every year, and all of a sudden every July or January twenty eighth, there's new fucking new Patriots jerseys every year for some reason. The most obnoxious <laughs> yeah. fans are uh, the Cowboys fans and the Seahawks fans. I, uh, I feel that like, I feel the Seahawks is a, a slight bias just because of location. Like I feel yeah. the Seahawks too. I feel I, bad, like the, w- the Seahawks are rough around us for sure. I'm a Broncos guy. I've been okay. a Broncos guy forever. Right. And then, so I have a little bit of ill will and jealousy. Um, like uh, that, that one year that uh, 
Pittsburgh won with Jerome Bettis. That was Denver Super Bowl. We should have won yeah. that. And, Bettis and, stole it too, hey? Uh, it wasn't Bettis. I Jake Plummer lost it for us in the AFC Championship game. And then so, like, I don't worry. I got <laughs> it's a tough I, memory. Yeah. I, 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 it. I'm a little bit older than you. Mm-hmm. And so, so I remember all the things. But, like, you know, the Pittsburgh fan can fuck off. I think they can, <laughs> they, they locked into as many Super Bowls as they've won. But nonetheless, the ring is the thing. It's, but I will, yeah. I, I will never cheer for Pittsburgh. I don't, so, I don't so wait, find and What's I, the Ben I, Roethlisberger I, thing, though? Well, he's a rapist for one. That's and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, a tough one. You can't get around that. There, I'm not gonna step that. on that. Yeah, I, that's bad too. Yeah. yeah, he won. He won two Dave, Super Bowls Dave, in his, in Dave, his can first I, can three I, can years. I you can't yes. say rapist. We got a professional athlete oh, here. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right. He's an accused rapist. No, no. We have a professional athlete we're talking to. He can't give an opinion on what he thinks because if he says one thing or the other. He's gonna get oh, people, there, there's a lot of people who are stupid little show here. Get it, yeah. For that reason, I don't. I'll say this. For that reason, I also don't like Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Slinging the ball. He, he won. He won two Super Bowls in his first three years because he was a system quarterback, and then once he thought. It when was he played because in the system. He was meant make, that, yeah, that's what I mean. I feel, like that, I feel like that's a fair thing. I feel like Tom Brady played in the system well yes. with Belichick, and like, uh, but, I think but, it's tough because Bel- you take, want to take away from Belichick now because Tom Brady's still successful. Brady, Belichick not as successful. Maybe I don't know. He's still doing well, but I think it's the same thing. Is like Brady is a system. He played in the system, well. but but then why did Brady win four more, five more, and then <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger didn't win any more in his last fourteen years? And why doesn't why yeah. didn't why didn't Roethlisberger make one Pro Bowl in his entire career? I feel like maybe I, I would agree that the Roethlisberger cliff was a lot earlier and he fell off a lot harder. You know, and yeah. I think that that style of play too, where Ben, like back in the day, would sit in the pocket and just take anything. Like you can't do that as long. And these guys are like getting bigger, stronger, meaner, like type of thing is. You know, like Aaron Donald, you're gonna sit in the pocket with him. And there's always aggressive guys, but when you, it's like the fighting thing is like. That style of quarterback, like it ages way worse. The style of Tom Brady quarterback, build a front line around him that protects him really well. Oh, that you could do that a long time. You take less damage. And then Pittsburgh chose Ben Roethlisberger over Le'Veon Bell and over Antonio Bell and uh, Antonio Brown. Both a little bit nutty. I'll get give them yeah. that. But also ultimately talented. And no one's yeah, yeah, yeah. outside very skilled. Of- Right and but but Antonio Brown it's hard and Le'Veon, when both and those Le'Veon guys Bell outside of Pittsburgh fell off. Without you know a mean? doubt, like neither of those guys were nearly as good as they were at Pittsburgh anywhere else. Right, but Ben Roethlisberger wasn't good in Pittsburgh to, at that time, anyways. Right, they were just all system players. He got he the job done. Perennial, perennial playoff team. Yeah, I get it with with yeah, elite yeah. players, but like they couldn't keep elite players anymore because they they preferred they gave preferential treatment to a B plus quarterback than their A plus running back and their A plus receiver. The, but they'd that, rather they rather thing too, you know. What I mean, the rather league just their favors B the quarterback. But if so you much. don't have a, we we talked this on this show a lot, Dave. But there's there's very few good quarterbacks. I can yeah, hand off so the Le'Veon Bell. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But like, Mason Rudolph couldn't. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Right, they're, they're, they're so yeah, they're, they're, like a there's a lack of quarterbacks leading for a guy to play that long. He must have been doing something right. And then which which was leads to my point. And I am sometimes even in the last season, he would still sometimes throw that beautiful deep ball once in a while. There was little moments of. Did this- he play longer than he should have? Probably. Like yeah, for probably, sure. but anyways, we'll we'll get anyways, off that. Anyways, well, uh, what, what, what is your opinions then on the Russell? Are you like just super oh, excited for the season? I am so super excited. We haven't yeah, had a quarterback he's... like with Flacco and Bridgewater and Trevor Simeon and Drew Locke. Like, don't Locke forget, struggle, don't eh? forget Timmy Tebow, man. Well, well, Timmy yeah. Tebow was before Manning, right? <laughs> We've won a Super Bowl since Tebow. And it's just a rough, a rough go from there oh, after. God. It's, it's I, especially awful. a quarterback. It's, it's one of those things where there's so much talent there and there's just nothing to feed it. And we don't have a chance. Like we didn't like I, I didn't mind Teddy Ridgewater. I really didn't. When no, they he, he, he's saying that but he, but then, he's a system quarterback too. Is he just have yeah, to, he just has to do a job baseline? He's yeah, baseline. Yeah, he's exactly. in the hall of pretty good. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. He's right. stuck there. Yeah, average. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good guy. Like, he he'll good. do the job. Like you don't want him on your fantasy team, but you'll he's he'll do the job for he'll Broncos fill the to void. get some wins. He ain't hurting, the playoffs, but he's not helping either. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those neutrals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just so Brent. Who are you average. a fan of again? I can't. You told I'm me. I'm a about. Niners guy, but like they don't have. They, oh, actually, yeah, they, yeah. They, I think they'll be okay. I think that Lance isn't going to last that long. I do think that Jimmy G's going to get back in there this I, I, season. You think they'll? Ride with Lance I think it's. Next, I think like, about four or five games. I think that Lance is going to uh, wear out his welcome there. There's a reason why they kept him around. That's that's my opinion. I'm t- Dave disagrees with me 100. percent You think Lance I, will do well, Dave? I do. I think Cal Shanahan's a genius. That's that's why I think that's the only thing is I it goes back to the Tomlin thing. There's a couple of young young coaches that I just like believe in, and that's when I go to drafting fantasy. You're talking about bets. Is like when you have someone like Debo Samuel who's a wide receiver, but just also a running back. It's like, I think that'll help Lance enough. I don't We'll see. We'll see. On An offensive-minded coach that is like, like he, he got Atlanta to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know who's. Oh, no, we lost him. We lost oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, right, uh, he had something really intelligent to say. Yeah, he had something really intelligent to say right there. <laughs> yeah, I, could yeah, just, yeah. I could just sense it. I'm going to press tell. pause here. Tell. Oh, my. Yeah. It was good, too. It was deep money. Thought. It was deep oh, thought. Fuck yeah. Fuck me. That's funny. Let's press pause. We had a little problem with the airwaves here in the 1420 Sports pod- Podcast. Uh, Dave had something <laughs> like ultra to say because he held a pose. Eh? There was so much going on in Dave's brain. He stopped the airwaves in Lethbridge, Alberta. He there was fried something going the frequency, on between. Man. He fried the frequency between those ears. It, something's going on. He was talking with the Atlanta Falcons coach and the and Trey Lance and Dave. Beat us, man. Tell us what you got. Well, like all I was saying is about like uh, I think Kyle Shanahan is such a is a good coach and he's an offensive genius. I think that when Tampa Bay was up on New England twenty eight to three in that Super Bowl, I think 
the head coach of the team told Kyle Shanahan, conservative as possible, kill clock. And you can't kill clock. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they came when back, you're running. what do you mean? Exactly when Tampa yeah, yeah. when uh, New England came back on that, I don't blame. I can't believe So it's going back in history to not blame Shanahan for a moment right. of uh, of an offensive lapse. I cannot believe Correct. that happened to this day. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Same. Same. Like, how can you get up? How can you get to the to Super Bowl? How me can you coach in the throat, up? man? Kill it. Yeah. Done. That's right. As that was you a, that in your sport, Tom. Yeah. Like this. Matt this. Matt Ryan uh, was the NFL MVP that year. And then thanks to Kyle Shanahan. And like, you don't, you just like, yeah, you just say, the throw. Off, yeah. like, yeah. It's, like, like at least kick a field goal, make it 31 to three, like get a first down and you get first downs by throwing the ball. I don't care what sport clock. you're in. You can never have too many fucking points. That's yeah. yeah it's, it's the killer a- kill mentality sport. is like, yeah, you bet. my wrestling coach says it this way is it's like, it's not speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. It's speed up, speed up, speed up, speed up, speed up. And that's when they break for for fighting is they break and you don't. You break them before they before you would ever break because you're constantly speeding up. Same thing in football. I don't think take the I don't think ever take the gas pedal off. And if people are hurt on it, it's like at the highest level, maybe in, in junior leagues, sure. Be a little bit respect. Okay, don't hurt feelings, whatever. When it's 45, nothing okay. You're here I to get play it. the game. You're yeah. here to play the game, play the game. If you lose that bad, you better get back to work on Monday and be better. Here's a better be, point. Don't be down 28 to three or 31 to three. Like don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, at, don't let it happen. Yeah. At yeah. the professional level, if you want, if you don't want to get beat by a ton of points, do something about it. Do, be do better. something. Yeah. Yeah. Just be better. Just you're be embarrassed. Boo hoo. Like, you know, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, no... you're, your paychecks ain't bouncing. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And, and say, they, they talk about that every season too, where a team, you know, in the regular season, a team's way up and the, you know, they thought, Oh, maybe don't yeah, start, start conserving. Don't do waste time. Don't waste the good players, energy, whatever. I'm, I, I hate that. Uh, I just think they don't take away from it. Why don't you try and break the record of points ever scored? You know what I mean? Yeah. Put another notch in the book of records, you know? And that's what sports is all about is the fastest sprinter. Isn't like, you know, Usain Bolt's not like, Ah, better slow down. Let these guys catch up. He's like, my record is this time. I got to beat it. Well, there was yeah. something I read the other day talking about getting more points or anything else that uh, it was Paul Coffey, ex Edmonton Oilers, when he played with the Oilers, and Gretzky had those two hundred point seasons. And uh, one of his somebody's interviewing him. They said, "How did Gretzky get two hundred points a year?" And Pop and Coffey said it best. He said, "Because he was trying to get three hundred. You know, yeah, he, he, <laughs> right? like he just kept going and going and going every shift. And like you." And that's why Gretzky's considered well. He's that's the that mentality. It's that the mentality. It, it it's that mentality. go, go, go. And I, if yeah. I'm going to be here, I might as well do it. Right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's goal mentality. setting. Uh, Verstigo always says this when we do the goal setting work with the kid, the kids. He always says, you know, what I mean, like uh, aim, aim for the moon, uh, or shoot for the stars, and maybe you end up on the moon. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you still, you like, don't ever set your goals so low because you don't think you can get there. Set them so unreasonably high. That if you still fall short, it's still pretty damn impressive what Aim you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, a- yeah, exactly. Things. It's right? one of those things. Anyways, we'll get uh, get going here. We we kept you here a lot longer than than uh, we we thought. It's been a great conversation, Tom. No, thank you very much for being on our show tonight. Yeah, we'll uh, have to we'll have to do it a little more often. Yeah, when you when you get done your your victory, and maybe next uh, two three weeks from now, we'll have a little uh, a, a chat on a Friday night. Maybe you can have a beer with us too. Well, I don't know, whatever we, we can do that. Victory I throwback. Pitch- 
I want to picture you with cheese. The biggest hammer out towards yeah, a smile on your face <laughs> without a black well, eye or broken nose. Ruckers. That's kind of the, the hopes are fun ruckers. You'll fun We'll maybe we'll do that. We'll do quick hits. I got I got four questions for each of you. Uh just a quick quick simple answers. Elaborate as uh, five five questions actually. Uh Tom, you you, you go first and we'll alternate who, who uh, both you answer. Uh Tom, first song you really love but don't like to tell others about. So uh well, Katy Perry, I kissed a girl. There it is. I, I, it was when it first came out. It blew up. But I don't tell anyone about that, but I love that song. Because you're supposed to be a tough guy now. Yeah, you probably yeah, yeah, yeah. Katy Perry. You, you'll keep that one quiet, Dave. What do you yeah, got? You, edit that out. No, no, I'll stay um, in there. That Savage Garden one. Ooh, baby. I, da, 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 that's... Oh, the Cherry Cola song? Yes, that yeah. one. That song's shitty. That's yeah, terrible. That's, yeah, you, yeah. That you don't want people to know about it because it's just a shitty song. It's that's, shitty taste. Yeah. That song's, uh, just, that's 1997 awful. Savage Garden. Mine, is, uh, mine makes me look pretty soft. Yeah, that that one's like, soft Katie Perry's at least nice to look at. the girls. Yeah, yeah. That's a, the, yeah. That one's shitty, Dave. I gotta, yeah, I mean, I'll give that one to Tom. Uh, Dave, you're gonna ask this one first. High school teacher that you just didn't see eye to eye with, besides all there, of them. There was more. <laughs> like the list was long. I'm gonna say, um, Mr. Voss, V O S, did not like him at all. What happened? I just didn't like him. He was a ginger, and he had a beard. It's a rough and, start, eh? Yeah, and you, and you, you had long hair back then, though, right? Oh no, not back then. I didn't have long hair until I graduated high school. Oh, okay. I, I was I was pretty I got mistaken for a Mormon a lot, to tell you the truth. By my well, books. you went to Emmanuel Christian, so yeah, it's a different story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, one yeah. of those that makes sense. Tom, it makes sense, makes sense. That's funny. <laughs> Tom, high school teacher that you just didn't see eye to eye with. Miss McMillan. And uh looking back, it was probably oh, more my yeah. fault. But uh yeah, Miss McMillan. I did not get along with very well. It was oh. a little bit of the English and social is not, I did not something I cared about too much. And, and then uh, playing pranks on her all the time, but we did not see eye to eye. Yeah, uh, I had her in, I think, grade seven, man. We, we got a few years apart. We, me and you do, like, 18 years yeah. apart, and she was still teaching. And she wasn't friendly to me back then either. Like, man, I didn't get along with her. Now you yeah, her up it's just cold, you know what I mean? It's oh. just my, cold. My oh. son is said Gilbert Patterson, and he has a teacher that my wife's older brother had so that just retire already don't put other people through it like it's fucking <laughs> and, you know, the bad it. ones the good ones you're like stay there till you die you know exactly a good, te a good teacher that's one of the most uh the coolest thing a good teacher makes you love a subject you don't care about you know what i mean yeah like but a good teacher pete lab in biology back throw back to pete lab is like yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't Fuck, okay, we'll cut this frog open. I don't give a fuck, but it was fun. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, like, it, was it was fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. biology is fun. Yeah. yeah. But it's the battle axes that stick around oh, forever. Oh, Jesus. They just don't fucking retire. Like, go yeah. away. Like, <laughs> <Just> get away. <laughs> just go. Tom, who do you got? The favorite pension. athlete growing up? My favorite athlete growing up was Jonah, Jonah Lamu, uh, wing for the All Blacks, the New Zealand All Blacks. That was one. And then my hockey player was Steve Eiserman. I love solid, solid, die, solid Diehard Steve Eiserman fan. Okay, yeah. Dave, before you answer, who's a better player, Steve Eiserman or Joe Sackick? Hey, this is big. That one's that a tough one. That is a really tough well, and one. I, that I uh, rivalry at that players. time yeah. frame, that's like one of the greatest sports rivalries oh, of all man. time. That 30, or that, that ESPN thing, whatever, oh, wow. They just did that. Yeah, that, yeah. that bit was insane, yeah. 
the Wall and Osgood fight. Oh, mm-hmm. dude! Oh, you know, it was awesome with with Lemieux being the shit to server in that whole it's, thing, and really being the 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 fuse to that keg of dynamite. Yeah, um, I am going to yeah. say, God, I really love both those guys, and neither of them played for my team. God damn, I'm gonna say Sackick because I like the Avalanche better than the Red Wings, and that's the only reason. Sackick put, Sack Sack put up better numbers. He was a longer. sniper too, eh? Like but Iserman, but the, Iserman the, the changed the way he played to win cups. Yeah, he was the most dynamic. And and I think the both really great leaders, but like you can see even now with Iserman, just the way he's seen the game from that outside look. He yeah. he's one of the best in the business, I think, ever to do it. Where looking from the outside of the game, seeing how it works, and being able to change, like you said, adapt his gameplay. Yeah. But what you just said, Sakic has won more uh, Stanley Cups as a GM than Iserman has. Yeah, that yeah. both good leaders has he? I, didn't I he get? Didn't, didn't didn't Iserman get one in, I don't, I don't in Tampa? That. No, he you got a fact he check. Built, he built that team. No, that was his left. team. He Fuck, left. Whatever. No, but he left. He wasn't GM. Yeah, I, semantics. I, I, so he didn't get a ring. I know it's semantics. So he didn't get a ring. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, even but well, when when he played the game, when the two of them played the game, you know, you'd be like Iserman. As his the way he would adapt his game to win and and be victorious with any he'd play any role on the ice you know what I mean I said it yeah. so did Sackick they were just they're so, so good they were but professional good off. yeah and Wyatt as for didn't say goals, fuck all it's hard just... to go against Sackick's snipe top left corner the way he could shoot the puck yeah like, that's one of the way he could shoot the puck that release was just something of beauty and the way they both played for Team Canada in the Olympics like, yeah the Olympics are it's one of the coolest yeah, hockey like, histories yeah I I I just want to hug them both right now no 2010 was pretty great high fives 2002 sorry 2002 uh dave favorite athlete growing up who do you got um you know i was a soccer guy so it was pele and i was uh that's a good pick jesus he was how old are you the guy's throwing backflips in the soccer ball yeah Uh, yeah, and then he was actually even in that movie with uh sylvester stallone i forget what it was uh but it was uh, he that was my Creed. Fuck, what the no, fuck? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm victory. kidding. It, it, was, it was called Victory. It was, that a, was a bit of a race car movie by, by me. I don't know if I've seen that, the movie. Yeah, but nonetheless, it, uh, it was Victory. Pele as a soccer player. That was my first uh, sports crest because I was a soccer player. I, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't play hockey. I didn't do anything like that. Mm-hmm. So Pele was my first hockey, uh, sorry, uh, sports hero. I got That's two insane. more. I got two more. One sports leader. One one need. Well, one's kind of sports leader. There's not. Tom, big nasty, big stud on town. First girl you ever kissed. What was her name? Taylor. Yeah. First girl I ever kissed was named Taylor. No last name. I don't know her last name now. No, it was at a. <laughs> it was at a draw. It was at a drama camp. Yeah, it was at a drama camp. Yeah. Taylor. Some sort of summer camp. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. First, first holding hands, first kiss, playground in Fort McLeod. Hand on chin, necking. Yeah. There you yeah. go, Dave. What do you got? Who, who's the first girl you ever kissed? Her it's a long was... time ago, man. You're you're fifty two, so man. Oh Jesus, yeah. Her name was Dawn. 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 I, I honestly, I remember where it happened. I don't have a clue what her last name was. I where know where was I, it? 
And I don't it know why in, I'm asking. It's just funny content. It, it, was in the, it, was, it was in the back of Emmanuel Christian. There was actually a little bit of a construction site. They were building something, but they weren't building during. Yeah, this, gonna, this, this is going to get R-rated all of a sudden. This is getting R-rated. This is getting awkward. There was no R-rating above that. Yeah, like, I was going to say, if it's at Emmanuel close, Christian, yeah. it was pretty PG, eh? It was extreme. Zippers right up the whole bed. Like. <laughs> Actually, it was. It was. Hands on hips. There was, there was there was snow on the ground, so there there might have even been mittens on my hand. Oh, hey, that's geez. a respectable thing. You there know? you go, Emmanuel yeah. Christian. Oh, shout out Emmanuel Christian twice tonight. Uh, yeah. Last one, boys. Here we go. Uh, Dave, first fight or punch you ever got in, and what was it about? Like a physical fight. Or a punch thrown or what you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um what was it I about? Was I'm actually I really don't know what it, what it was about, but it was it was a playground. There was something in the playground, and I was grade six or seven. And it was a like, well, fuck you, fuck you. But it was once again on the playground of Emmanuel Christian. So I don't so know. It was actually yeah, fuck yeah. you. I, I, I might have said fuck yeah, you. I think yeah, it was yeah. fuck you or frig you. Yeah. 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 Dude, and he, where me and Tom he, grew up, there was a lot worse words than saying fuck you in, yeah, in Fort McLeod. Yeah, no yeah there was a lot that. of words fired. Yeah. He, he that was pretty me, nice he to punched say me here. And yeah. it was right in the lips. Yeah. And mine, my return punch was a roundhouse. And I caught him on the chin, and like, because I remember, like he, a roundhouse kick or like a hook? no, 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 uh, like, like a, a hook. Yeah, hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was and like, it, that would be pretty sick. He and you got him. straight right. You counted yeah, roundhouse I, kick, I nailed him. He slid down the slide at a man of Christian. No, it was a total drama spin. He did like a spiral with his hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, well, it's like, funny when watch kids fight. Yeah. The impact moves them way further than it does. You know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> I was it's like a video game. My mind. Yeah. yeah. And then like, and yeah. I, and I gave him a roundhouse and like, uh, like the hook yeah. and then like, and it was like, uh, and he never fell down, but then, then we wrestled after then, that. Yeah. And yeah. That's that usually good. how it turns into a grappling match yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, that first fight. My first fight was if from my memory, uh, the first real fight was hockey first would be, you know, uh, gloves and helmets in, in the room, yeah. in the dressing room with kids, everyone would put their gloves and helmets on and you're just swinging. Oh. And then, uh, it was a goalie fight or it was not a goalie fight. It was me fighting a player in hockey in uh, peewee sometime. And I can do the same thing drop the gloves as hockey fight. So that was that first experience. And then after that, it was just a part, a little scuffles at parties pretty much. I was again. I, I didn't get. I didn't get in fights very much. You know, I'd. I'd usually, if it was any altercation, I'd say, "You get a free one, and then let's end this." And then give them a free shot, and then and then go have a drink together. There you go. No. Yeah. Growing from a cloud, you had to pick pick your spots because it could get awfully crazy at, at times too. Remember fast, more, yeah, yeah. And fast, you know it, would, it would go haywire like, quick. I wasn't very big, you know. I was big and chubby. I was uh, small and chubby, and so I was like, "I got to play my cards right here." Is I basically, if I'm getting in a fight. I'm going to just be dipping my head and swinging as for the fences. I'm not going to see nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's the real windmill effect. Expect the worst hope for the best. No, yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's it. Was, no about that. No, but Tom, thank you very much for coming on our show. Uh, we expect the best for you. We hope for the best for you in two weeks tonight. Uh, you're, you're fighting. Jeez. Uh, two weeks tonight, right now, you unified yeah. MMA 46 river Creek casino resort. 
sold out event, but we can watch on UFC Fight Pass. I know I'll be tuning in. We'll get some our list will be tuning in. I'll Dave probably tuning in. Uh, no, it's yeah, great. Don't miss it. It's going to be fire. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic to watch. It's uh, it was a fun having you on the show tonight. We'll have to do this again soon when, when after your victory in two weeks' time. We uh, we Absolutely. appreciate you and uh, the the town of Fort McLeod and Southern Alberta cheering for you for sure. Dave, what do you got? Thanks so much for joining us, Tom. Um, Brent told me a bit ago that we were working on this. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, spending time with you tonight, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching your fight in two weeks. I did go on uh, SeatGeek.com. You know what? There's yeah. no tickets. No one's no Nothing one's yet, uh, yeah. no one's giving no, anything up. There's no secondary market for these tickets. And they're so, super uh, valuable. That's what I'm telling people is don't miss out because these things, they're super valuable these days. No, sold don't. out show. I'm <laughs> sure you're going to put on a great show for us. Tom, uh, Tom, big, nasty O'Connor. Fort McLeod boy going to have a, a great fight. Anyways, Tom, we, we we hope the best for you. And thanks once again for coming on our show. We, I know we kept you a little bit longer than, no, than we yeah, thought. No worries. But, uh, Thank you, you for having you me a, on. You got a strict training regimen coming up, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. And uh, we, we, we are, we'll be watching on UFC Fight Pass for sure two weeks from now. Anyways, awesome. uh, thank you, guys. Tom, that was thank awesome. you very much. It was great. It. That was a lot of fun. Uh, keep your stick. Uh, take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourself. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. And what else, Dave? Tom, don't swing at high pitches. There we go. Have don't a good night, uh, boys. Good. And we'll uh, we'll <laughs> we'll see you soon. Tom, big nasty O'Connor, former club boy, gonna kick some ass in two weeks. Kick some ass, Tom. Best That's of it. luck. Be, be safe. There we go. See, thank you guys. That was awesome. See you I next had time. Fun. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.